conference room, we're going to be having our membership meeting. So if you're not a member of our church and you'd like to learn more, make sure to be there for that. A light lunch will be provided. Uh, lunch sounds delicious right now. <laughs> oh, speaking of lunch, summertime is right around the corner. That was a great transition. <laughs> summertime is right around the corner, and we are so excited that we're going to be having some summer activities happening. So we're going to have some life groups and some service team opportunities. So on May 1st, make sure that you hang out after church in the courtyard, and you'll find out some more information. Awesome, but before summer, we have the end of April, which is crazy. <laughs> this month went by so fast. That was a good transition. So, thank you for that. <laughs> so, uh, at the, for the first Sunday of every single month, you guys know that we have our night of worship. So, this next month, which is May, if anyone didn't know, on <laughs> May 1st, we're going to be having our night of worship, which is going to be from 6 to 7.30. So, make sure to be there for that. Don't miss out. It's been really spectacular. I've been to every single one. And so. they're kind of making it a tradition now, which totally. is great. I'll see you guys there. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's it from us. We hope you guys have an amazing week, and we'll see you soon. Woo! Bye! Bye. And good morning. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and source of all comfort. He comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. I'll tell you what, uh, we've got a number of first serves. That's Russ's first time sharing from stage. We've got uh, Dean is back, we've got Nathaniel, we've got Tracy, we've got Melanie, we've got Rebecca. And if you were here a year ago, you would have probably seen like two people every Sunday playing, right? And I remember for about three or four months, people were like, oh, this is really nice and quaint, you know, but like, when are we going to... When are we going to get some energy going again? And our commitment was that we wanted our church to lead itself, that we wanted to be able to have worship teams led from within. And, um, and so we waited, and we did the work, and now we have people, like, picking up basses and taking lessons, Ben Sos. We've got Melanie coming out of the woodwork to play keys. we got Nathaniel and his wife, Linda, moving here from Phoenix. I just... You're gonna hear more about their story later, and they aren't just some new, bright, shiny object. The story of God intersecting us and bringing us together is absolutely mind-blowing. And so you're gonna hear all about that in, in the coming weeks, but God is building a house here. God is building a home. He is building a team, and it's so obvious as he begins to, to draw new people back to himself here. And so for all the people that, has anyone been here for more than 10 years? Has anyone been here for more than 20 years? Has anyone been here more than 30 years? Ha! <laughs> has anyone been here more than 50 years? No, we're going to keep on going. Robert? Has, all right, now I feel like it's, it's getting a little dangerous. So Helen, I feel like you win the race today, but um, we love you, Helen. God has built a house here, and for 75 years he has been, 
he has been starting with the founders and then the next and then the next generation and then the next generation. And I just tell you what, like with the house that God is building, I cannot wait for my kids to be the foundation again. This church, I think it's so easy sometimes for us to think like church is about us and we're coming because it's our place and it's like what we love. But I just tell you what, like for everyone here today, we are not the future of this church. We are the present. The future is not here yet. The future hasn't even been born yet. 75 years ago, they knew that to be true. 75 years ago, they were believing for more. When this facility was built, they were believing in a great move and work of God. And they saw it. And you know what? We're going to see it again. So I'm so grateful for you guys to be here today. If you don't know me, my name is David. I'm one of your pastors. Really excited to be sharing today as we wrap up this April-emphasized sermon series on being a people of invitation. And in it, over the past couple weeks, uh, we have seen this steady and consistent message from God to the world to simply just come and see. To come and see. Week one was come and see what life could be with God. Week two, come and see the big picture of what God has done and what God is doing. And then week three, last week, Easter Sunday, who was here? Wow. I just heard. What did you say? You said it was the, the best service ever. <laughs> and that's in spite of us, okay? God is doing the work. God is, God is extending that invitation. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him and us being faithful to his invitation. And so last week was powerful as we talked about come and see how the Easter, the empty grave, changed everything. It changed everything. And how I, I, this past week I've been like meditating on this scripture, on this word, and how God, he, he wants us to be defined by the cross, but even more, he wants us to be people of the resurrection. People that are born again into new life, that we would live with updated expectations now for what's possible, all because Jesus was raised from the dead and he brought us with him. Changes everything. And that's the invitation. Well, today, as we close this series, come and see, as we look at the, the, the invitations that God has extended to us so we might extend them to others, I want to conclude today talking about the active invitation God has extended to all humanity for you and for me. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you know or you don't. The invitation to come and know him, to know God more. And if you're taking notes, I like to call this message, come and see what God is like. This is the invitation, come and see what God is like. And I want to part there today because of how often we as people, again, both in and outside of the church, there is no one immune to this, how, how we as people, we often confuse knowing for just knowing about. We confuse knowing for just knowing about. We exchange the experience for facts and figures. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's easy to know about something. You just throw it in Google and you can learn all about it, right? It's something else entirely to personally know what something or someone is like. For example, and I need you to shout me down and laugh just a little bit because this is some epic fails from me. For example, Rebecca and I, um, a couple months ago, we decided to sell both cars that we moved here with. 
our Subaru, our beloved Subaru Outbacks. The market was good to sell, they were getting older, and we wanted to get into an electric car because gas prices are nuts, right? <laughs> and so um, we decided to, to bid farewell to our snow and salted Wisconsin cars. And so no more Wisconsin plates in the lot, at least not from us, just so you know. It only took two and a half years, don't judge me. <laughs> anyway, so we got rid of them and I got to work. I did all the research. Uh, for weeks, I looked up the best electric car options, the facts, the figures, the cost, the mileage, and, and eventually I thought that I knew the absolute best car to pick, and it was the Nissan Leaf. It was affordable. We weren't in it for inspiration, okay? But it was affordable and reliable, it had decent range, and it would save us a bunch of money as we were daily driving up and down Latuna Canyon. You know what I'm talking? That is a gas killer. Every time we turn on there, I feel like I'm just opening my wallet to throw it in the, anyway. So like, we're, we thought daily driver, it'll save us a bunch of money. And so I start hunting. I found one at CarMax up in Fresno and I had him ship it down to Burbank. And I was fired up, because I knew. I knew all about it. So when it, when it arrived, I immediately went down and I remember, I remember sitting there like with all this information in my brain um, but then I walked up, I got in, and I spent time with this little electric car, and I realized that even with all the information, all the YouTube videos I watched, all the consumer reports I, I evaluated, I didn't know the car at all, nor did I like it. So I, I, I returned it like three days later. No one's even seen it here. Friends, knowing personally is so much different than knowing about something in theory. It reminds me of when Rebecca and I first started talking. If you, um, my, my beautiful wife, your pastor, worship pastor here. Um, if you didn't know, our story began on Facebook when I was uh, living in Minneapolis. She was living in Mississippi. And we had some kind of, kind of passive friends create this invitation for us to meet each other. So I found her first on Facebook. It was actually MySpace for all the millennials. So like Gen X, Gen Y, you know what I'm saying? Andrew, MySpace, you still got your profile? No, okay. But I find her and I added her as a friend and I start digging into the details because I wanted to know all about her. I saw immediately that she was, where is she? Is she, she in the back? That she is totally beautiful. And that she was kind and she was kind of quirky and weird. She still is a little bit and I love that. She loved Jesus, she loved coffee, she loved good books. We had the same kind of, we liked the same kind of movies and the same kind of music and, and she had a heart for compassion and justice and again, she was just so, she was so pretty. And so um, we eventually start talking and I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this, but we start talking and it like went from like one quick hello to like a paragraph in the chat to like three paragraphs to like full pages to phone calls and texts and video messages. And this was like 2000. 10, I think so, it was like, it was at the early age of digital communication, but I was learning so much about her and I, and I loved it so much, so much so that I booked a flight a couple weeks in to go and meet her in person. And she had a fair, a healthy, I would say a healthy amount of hesitation to have this Yankee come down and see her down in the South, but she says, come on down, and man, was I excited. I had so much hope in what I knew about her all the things that I had learned from a distance. So I flew down to Jackson, Mississippi, and um, I get the rental car, 
uh, drive over to this cafe. It was called Cups Espresso Cafe, and we decided to meet on our lunch break. And I was so nervous. I was sitting in there just kind of like my knees were rattling, you know, like maybe a little too caffeinated. Again, Katie, you know, understand, you know what I mean? And I'm so nervous, and I'm, my brain is endlessly scrolling through all the things I knew about her. And then she sends me a message saying, hey, I'm here. So I get up, and I meet her in the parking lot, and we do that kind of like first-time awkward, like, hello hug thing, you know what I'm talking about? And we go back in, and we sit down, and I look across at the table, uh, I look across the table at her, and sure enough, it's her. It's her, it's the same face I had seen every day on my phone for weeks, but it looked different. And we talk for a bit, and, it, and it's the same voice that I had heard every day on the phone for weeks, but it sounded different. Something just felt different. And in that moment, as I tried to put my finger on, like, what, what it, it was that I was feeling, it really all came down to the fact that even though I knew about her, even though I had all the data, even though I, I had all the information, this was still our first time sharing a table. I didn't know her personally. We didn't have any memories together. We didn't have any mistakes. We didn't have any makeups or tangible moments together. Everything we had was from a distance. And just about everything I knew about her was theoretical. Now, I, I just wonder if there's anyone here that's experienced something similar. And maybe, for example, maybe it was the first time that you met a friend. And you kind of knew about them, but you didn't really know them. And now you're sitting there and you're realizing that the, there's this great chasm between details and experience. Maybe for you, it's a restaurant and you're like, oh, I've heard all about this amazing restaurant. And I like Google the reviews, I look at the menu, but then you're sitting down and there's such a difference between knowing what they serve and knowing what it's like. Maybe for you, it's trying on that new pair of pants you bought online. You know what I'm talking about? And you're convinced that they're gonna fit. You read all the reviews. Manny is like, I get it, I get it, Manny. You read the reviews, and, you, and then you, you just like, it's like, uh-uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, maybe for you it's coming to church. You watch the live stream. You know all about the types of things that happen, but then you're here and it's so different. I don't know, all I know is that we've all been in a season in this disconnect between what we know about and what we actually know. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. The, the problem is when we, when we get stuck in the knowing about. And we never make that change because it can be so easy to know about and even settle for knowing about instead of actually knowing for real. Which is again why I wanna end this come and see series with this invitation from God to know him. To come and see what he's really like. Why? Because God wants to be known. God wants to be known. And if there's one thing I need you to take away from this morning, let it be this. God is not interested in being studied. God is not interested in being a mystery to be solved. God is not interested in being known about. He is not passively hiding up in heaven or isolating himself to keep you at arm's length. No, God wants to be known by you and loved by you and experienced by you. And he is inviting you, all of you, to come and see what he is really like. God is inviting you into a whole new life, a whole new 
world of personal experiential relationship in close proximity to him. And you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to do all the extensive research to get there. You don't have to have perfect Sunday school attendance, though it's nice. All you need to do is come and see what God is like. God wants to be known and always has. And we see this, we see this pattern all throughout the scriptures as he extends his invitation to come and see. From the beginning of everything in the garden when God and people walked in close connection to Abraham when God calls him to be the father of his people, to Moses in these, in these uh, burning bush and mountaintop moments where God meets him in the clouds, to the prophets when God gives them this special message, a download about his goodness and heart for the world. God has always wanted to be known. God has not been hiding from you. God has always wanted to be known, but it's never been more clear than when he literally decided to become one of us as Jesus. So we might come and see with our own eyes what he is really like. Jesus is God. So Jesus is what God is like. Just in case anyone here has ever wondered what God is like, Pastor Jeff hit this out of the park two weeks ago on the second message. If you missed it, you should listen. Because he, he was saying basically that if you've ever wondered what God is like, look for, no further than Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 says that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Verse 19, Colossians 1. God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Jesus Christ. And Jesus came to us. Remember that. Jesus came to the world. He was born. He lived. He made friends. He taught them. He called them into a better way. He spent time walking and talking and laughing. He, he cared for the hurting. He healed the sick and spoke future into the broken. He welcomed the sinner and the saint alike. Praise the Lord for that. He welcomed the sinner and the saint alike to a common table where both men and women, rich and poor, respected and despised might come to know him. He invited everyone. Why? Because God wants all to know him and believe and be saved. John 17, it is through knowing God that we experience eternal life. This is the word of God, Jesus, the living word, saying in John 17 that it is by knowing him that we experience eternal life. It's not by solving him. It's not by, by studying him. It's by following him and knowing him. It's by knowing him. There is no black sheep in God's house. There is no too lost to be found. There is no one too blind to see truth. There is no one too broken to be repaired. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, not to condemn, not to separate, not to create who's in and out, but, but to invite anyone and everyone into a whole new way of life and a whole new understanding of who God really is. To come and see. To come and see and experience with your own eyes and your own heart. And this is the story we have in the scriptures and then what happened last week, right? Jesus died. He came, made himself known, and then he 
died, you know, things were going pretty great for him and for his friends. Word was spreading. The community of faith was growing. Influence was, was forming, but then he's arrested. He's executed. He dies, and he's buried in a borrowed grave, only to be raised from the dead three days later. This is the story that we have. And I just want to be honest with you. Like, I'm not Jesus, but if I was Jesus, I would have probably taken some time off after that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a heavy week. Holy week was a heavy week after a pretty intense couple years. If I was just executed and buried and then brought back to life by the power of God, I would, I'd probably take a sabbatical. But Jesus, no. He had bigger plans. Why? Because Jesus wanted his people to not only know about his resurrection, Jesus wanted them to experience it firsthand. To know him in his suffering, but also in his victory. And so three days later, this is such good news, amen? Three days later, he's back. And he takes some time to pop in to surprise his friends again. Why? So they might know personally what happened. So they might know the good news of what is to come. And that's where we see our, our text for today. Long intro. I hope you're still with me here. Um, and this passage is found in the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen in a second. And this moment... It picks up after Jesus had already kind of revealed himself, made himself known to some of his followers, um, to a couple guys on the road to Emmaus who had just left Jerusalem. After the crucifixion, they were bummed, disappointed. The person that they knew and believed to be God was now dead, and so they're leaving in grief and in, and in, in doubt, and they're walking down this road, and then Jesus meets them. He meets them where they are, and at first they don't recognize him, but after they talk for a bit and they break bread, they have some food, their eyes are supernaturally opened, and they, and they know that it's Jesus. But then Jesus, in classic God fashion, just disappears again, right? Disappears before their eyes. And so the two guys, they, left, they leave where they were, and they run all the way back to the church in Jerusalem to let them know what happened. And just as they were sharing what was happening, this is the passage here, it says, Jesus himself was suddenly standing among them. He did it again. He gone. He's showing up. He's gone. And he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Are, you, are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Experience this moment with me. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Jesus wanted them to know that it was really him. To not just know that about what he did, but that he really did it. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then, and this is such a, a funny part, I love this. Jesus, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? Do you, I mean, I, mean it's, I guess it's been a while, right? I mean, he's probably, he's probably hungry. What a cool way to show, once again, the humanity of who Jesus truly was. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything was written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. 
And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. I'm gonna say that one more time. Here we go. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, who return to their first love. You are witnesses of all these things. Come and see, Jesus is saying, you saw what I did, you know who I am, you are witnesses of all these things. And it concludes with this. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay there in the city, stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And it's here that the story shifts. The story shifts and the invitation remains. Because it's then that Jesus, who is God with us, who came to be known for the forgiveness of sins, Jesus says, he says he's got to go. But, he said, it's better because he's sending his spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is the tangible presence of God, just like Jesus. But this time, the, the tangible presence of God is not confined to a single body. Instead, it says the Spirit will be sent to fill the entire body of Christ. The entire body, not just one body, Jesus, but the entire body, his body, the church. So all who believe might continue to not only know about God in theory, but personally and experientially know God from the inside out. And this is the invitation extended to come and see what God is like. Amazing, right? It's absolutely amazing. God sent himself as Jesus so we might know him. And then Jesus sent his spirit so the relationship between God and his people wouldn't slip back into theory. Instead, it would continue to grow real and intimate and personal through the sh a life of shared experiences, which takes time. Relationships take time. I'm just bringing it all back around to me sitting in this coffee shop with Rebecca in this foreign feeling as we first see each other face to face, as we begin to know one another. Knowing someone takes time. You cannot instant upgrade from a surface first encounter to a deep, intimate relationship overnight. It takes moments, it takes memories, it takes our mistakes and our making up. It, it takes, it's taken us, Rebecca and I, 12 years of building to become who we are together and it'll continue to take a lifetime, a lifetime more as we continue to move and know more about each other. I need you to know that to know is a journey. Knowing is not the destination. It's a commitment to exist together. It's a decision to draw near to one another. And while you and I, we might so often take the path of least resistance, settling for knowing about things, instead of truly knowing, I need you to understand that God, he is here for it. God is so invested in knowing you and being known by you, he has played the long game and always has. Why? Because God loves you. Fran, where's Fran? I need to hear an amen. Come on. 
I know I'm on track when I hear that. God loves you, and he is not interested in being a passive part-time relationship. God is not looking to be a book you put on your mantle. God is not looking to be your fire insurance to escape hell later. God wants to know and be known by you. He wants to be included in every part of your life. He wants to walk with you, just like Jesus walked with those. And he wants to walk with you through the good, the bad, and the ugly. I wonder if anyone here has ever experienced God's peace in a moment of trial. Anyone? God is not indifferent to you. God is not standing at arm's length away. God is with you and near you and wants to be known by you, if we might just open our eyes. God wants to meet us in our success, in our blessing, in our greatest days, but also our deepest pain. And this is the invitation to come and see, to know him and be known by him without limits. An invitation to extend and receive, but also an invitation received to extend. That's what we've seen the past couple weeks, that all of these invitations God gives us are so we might extend it out to those who need it most. Which is what we heard in our opening scripture. Russ, thank you for sharing. 2 Corinthians 1 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God in our, is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. One translation says, He comforts us or He meets us or He is with us in our troubles. Why? So we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort we, God has given us. God is with us. He has invited us. He lives in us. He has made himself known to us without limits, without reservations, without restrictions, without cost, and without prerequisites. God's presence is a gift he longs to give you, a gift he died to pay for. Literally died to pay for. And the only real expectation that God has from this invitation to us is that we would pay it forward. That we would extend the same invitation we have received to the world, to those who might need it the most. So as we close today and we wrap up this conversation about invitation, Nathaniel and Rebecca, you can come on up. They're gonna lead us in a closing song as we kind of roll it around, but... I know, I am aware that some of you, I saw the show of hands before, you grew up in the church. And that most of what we're talking about today isn't all that complicated. I imagine for most of you here today, this isn't new information. And some of you might even be thinking like, David, Pastor David, let's get down to it. Still, if we really took just a moment to consider the implications of this invitation, this reality should leave us all with a significant and sobering dose of humility, joy, peace, and confidence. I mean, friends, I've been, I was talking to the team earlier about this, but this has been just heavy on me. Like, your faith, my faith, our faith says that the creator of the universe wants to be known by you. Isn't that wild? I think it's sometimes too wild, and that's why we settle for knowing about. You know what I mean? Because sometimes it just feels too good to be true. But I just want to say it again. He who created water 
who created the elements and put them in a system to form a liquid that could also be a solid or a gas. This God, who reigns supreme over all creation in the seen and the unseen worlds, the same God who had, a, with a single word, formed creation, the same God who formed mountains and poured those oceans and then, again, developed physics and chemistry and biology and everything to hold everything together, this God, who is Jesus? This God wants to be known by you. So much so that he became a human so we might know him better. And if that isn't good enough, he sent us his spirit to literally and tangibly live within us so, so our knowing him might not become passive. This is your reality. This is the reality that you live in for all who believe. And if you don't believe yet, this can be your reality. This is available to you. You can know God and be known by him. All you have to do is come and see. James, we heard it earlier again in chapter four, it says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. God is waiting less than a breath away for you to come and see. God is waiting less than a breath, waiting for you to come near in your heart and in your mind. God is waiting to fill you with his presence again, again and again, so you might know the good life in his kingdom. God has done all the work. He has paid all the bills, he, and he has extended every possible invitation, and now it's just up to you, to all of us, the seeker and the saved, the sinner and the saint, to simply submit your life to Jesus, to say yes to his presence. It's up to all of us. Again, whether you've been filled with faith for 50 years or you are still on the fence because of any number of reasons that you have experienced over the past, it's up to all of us to respond to this invitation that we might move beyond the details, beyond the theory, beyond just knowing about, that we might really know God. And so as we close, I just wanna, I, I want you to take a minute to consider just like last week, this is super low pressure sales. I'm not here to convince you of anything. I am not some used car salesman trying to sell you a, a Nissan Leaf from 2017, okay? <laughs> I just want to extend a future before you, a future of invitation that you might begin to experience life like God has always intended for you, a life of joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, self-control, a life filled with his spirit, exhibiting the fruit of his spirit. And listen, I don't know all the details of what brought you here today. I don't know everything about your faith journey. I just know my own. And even as a pastor, even as a pastor, I find myself in seasons where I settle for knowing about God over really knowing and experiencing his goodness. I do, but I don't want to. And neither do you, right? So let us contend for one another and let us pledge together that we will be a church committed to the pursuit of God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength led by the power of his spirit. If you agree, let the church say amen. amen. And let us be a church 
that lives and exists and, ex and resides in active submission to Jesus in his way as we choose to seek him first. If you agree, let the church say amen. amen. And finally, let us pledge to be a church invested together and as individuals to the relationship God is inviting us into through the saving work of Jesus and the filling of his spirit. If the church agrees, let it say amen. 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 Well, we're going to close in just a sec, so if you would stand, let's pray together. And they're going to lead us in one closing song. But I would like to pray over you and with you as we close. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we believe you're real and you're good and you love us and you lead to peace. And even in this moment, we know that you are here with us. So God, we ask that you would open our eyes to your presence, that you'd soften our hearts to your goodness. God, we want to know you more. We want to know and experience all that life could be. So in this moment, God, help us get out of the way. Help our brains get out of the way. God, remind us that knowing about is not a replacement for truly knowing and experiencing. Because, God, we want to experience you. That's why we're here. We're not here to solve you, God. We're not here to put you in a box that we can put on the shelf so we can feel confident on our own. No, God, we want our confidence to come from you. And so, Jesus, in this moment, we're grateful, so grateful that you want to be known. Father, we're so grateful that you sent Jesus and you sent your Holy Spirit, to fill us so we might know you more. So this relationship that we have won't become passive and won't become theoretical, God, but it would become just who we are now. That we would come and see what you're really like. So Jesus, we thank you for the invitation extended. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. God, we thank you for your spirit. God, we ask that you would just be with us and so near to us and make us even more aware of your presence today. And so, Jesus, it's in your name that we pray, and we all said...